Glory to God. Wow. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles. Uh, by the way, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for choosing to come. Look what you would have missed if you would have let the weather have its way. Oh, what a great time of worship. Second Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 4, great passage of Scripture as we move through this letter to the Corinthians. There are things in this passage that many of us need today, and that's why you're here. That's why you didn't stay home, because many of us need this. Starting in verse 7, 2 Corinthians 4. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Father, thank you for these words of the Apostle Paul as he talks about his ministry, his life, shares his heart with these people he cared about. Lord God, I pray that you would take his words and let them work in our hearts and make a difference no matter what we're going through today. We need these words. We need to hear these things. So, Father, uh, do a work by your Spirit through your Word this morning. In Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> I would guess that you don't very often go to people and say, I want you to follow my example. When was the last time you ever said that to somebody? Seriously. You know, hey, I would like you to follow my example. I want you to watch my life and do what I do. That's a tough thing for me. I don't know about you to think of actually saying that. It's a scary thing. It's a risky thing. But it's interesting. <clears throat> I'm aware of at least four times recorded in Scripture where the Apostle Paul 
made that daring invitation to people. One is very close by here. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. He just says to them, hey, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And then there are three other places that I'm aware of, a couple of them in Philippians. Uh, In Philippians 2, Paul says, join with others in following my example. Same invitation. In Philippians 4, he says, whatever you have seen in me, put it into practice. Same invitation. And then in 2 Thessalonians 3, he says, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. That's a daring invitation. But the Apostle Paul puts it out there. He wasn't a perfect person. We know that. He would say that. But he took that risk. He, he was willing to say, follow my example. So what we're going to do this morning when we go through this passage is we're going to take him up on that invitation. We're going to see his example to us. And since he said, follow our example, I hope many of us will do that. Because we're going to see a good example that can be very helpful for a lot of us from this passage. The Apostle Paul's life and ministry was not easy. We know that. Uh, We're going to see that over and over again in 2 Corinthians. It was not an easy life that Paul lived as a Christian. It was not uh, easy to do the ministry that he did. He was traveling all the time, going to new places. Hardly ever slept in the same bed or on the same floor for very long. Once in a while he would end up in a city and stay for maybe a year and a half or two. That would be the most, but that was unique. Most of the time he just went from place to place sharing the gospel. Um, The traveling was dangerous in those days. It was hard. And uh, he traveled by sea, traveled by land, didn't travel by air, but uh, he did a lot of traveling. And if you've done a lot of traveling where you're always packing and unpacking and sleeping in different beds and getting on planes and getting on trains and getting in cars for any length of time, you know it's not an easy thing. I remember back in 1990, three weeks in Eastern Europe, two other guys and myself renting a car and going to numerous countries in Eastern Europe. And every night it's a different place. Every night it's a different room, a different bed, a different floor. Um, In the car, meeting people you've never seen before, languages you don't know. Three weeks was very tiring. And here's the Apostle Paul traveling all over the known world, the known area. Uh, It was hard. And then he add to that. 
the idea that he was opposed everywhere he went. He wasn't getting pats on the back everywhere he went. He was opposed. Uh, He was verbally opposed. He was physically opposed. He was harmed physically. He was put in jail. Uh, It was difficult. And then you had these accusations that were out there. People falsely accusing him, criticizing him. It was really difficult to be the Apostle Paul. I don't know, sometimes we might think it was glamorous. (laughs) If he were here, he wouldn't say that. Um, It was hard. So we might ask the question, what then was it that kept Paul going? If it was that difficult in his life and ministry, what was it that kept him going and not calling it quits? Well, that's what we're going to look at this morning, because I think he gives us six things that kept him going, despite how difficult life and ministry were to him. And I want us to look at these as examples, because I believe many of us come here this morning, and we're looking for ways to keep going. Maybe it's just in our life in general. Maybe it's with family things. Maybe it's with marriage things. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's in your Christian life. Maybe it's in your ministry. What's going to keep you going? What's going to keep me going when it's difficult? Well, let's see if we can take Paul up on his offer to follow his example. Okay? Let's see what that example is. So the first thing he talks about that I think was a a key to him continuing to keep it up, is humility. I think humility kept Paul going. I think that's what he shows us in verse 7, where he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. There's humility in that statement in a couple ways. He's referring to himself as a jar of clay. I think he's referring to himself there. Uh, Or you could say a clay pot. He's basically saying, I'm just a jar of clay. I'm a clay pot. I am weak. I am human. I can break. I'm not of that much value. I'm simple. But in me is a treasure. And if we look at the verses before, I think the treasure he's referring to is the ministry God has given him and the message of the gospel that's that ministry. And he sees this ministry of presenting the gospel of Jesus as a treasure that he has the privilege of carrying with him and giving out. And and he describes it as, here's me, Paul, just this jar of clay, this clay pot. It would be like you and I saying, I'm just a tin can. I'm just a brown paper bag. And yet, Paul says, I have the privilege of carrying this treasure with me, this gospel message of Jesus. So I have this treasure in a jar of clay, me. Why? Why? 
so that everybody knows and I'm reminded that it's not about me. The power doesn't come from me, this jar of clay. The power to do what I'm doing, as difficult as it is, is because of this treasure I carry with me. You see, a jar of clay doesn't have much value. The value of that container comes from what it contains. A paper bag or a tin can, not much value. It ends up going to Kirk at the dump. But that paper bag and that tin can gain value if something valuable is in it. A container gets value from what it contains. And Paul, I think, is humbled here that God would choose him to carry this ministry of the gospel of Christ as a jar of clay into the world and share it. And it humbles him, but it also keeps him going. Keeps him going. Because he knows it's not about him. He's just a jar of clay. So humility kept him going. Another thing that kept him going, I think we could call focus. Focus kept him going. That's where he uh, moves here into these four little statements. Notice that in verse 8. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We experience all these pressures, and they're coming from all sides. It's like the walls keep pressing in on us. There's so much pressure in Paul's life and ministry. But he says we're not crushed. We're not crushed. There's pressures from all sides, but we're not crushed. He says we're perplexed, but not in despair. There are times when we are confused, we don't know what to do. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We don't feel like tossing it in. We don't feel like giving up. Perplexed, but not in despair. Then he says we're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're pursued, we're harassed, we're attacked, we're abused, but we're not abandoned. And if you look especially at the end of some of Paul's letters, he'll talk about certain people that have his back, certain people that support him. He's not abandoned, he's not alone. He has some fellow Christians, fellow servants of Christ that support him. Encourage him. At the end of Second Timothy, he talks about how in one situation uh, there was nobody. And yet he says, but the Lord was standing by me. He wasn't abandoned. And so he says, I'm persecuted all the time, but not abandoned, never alone. And then he says, I'm struck down, I'm knocked down over and over again. 
but not destroyed, not broken, not ruined, knocked down, but not knocked out. Now I want to point out something to you here. In that little piece where he has those four things, the Apostle Paul puts the period in the right place. When you talk like this, it's important where you put the period. Notice, when Paul goes through this, he doesn't say, we're hard-pressed, period. He doesn't say, we're perplexed, period. Or we're struck down, period. He doesn't say that. He says, we're hard-pressed, but not crushed, period. We're perplexed, but not in despair, period. We're persecuted, but not abandoned, period. We're struck down, but not destroyed, period. I'm afraid that many of us would put the period after hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down, right? When we talk about our situations that are difficult, we put the period there. Watch out where you put the period, all right? It makes all the difference in the world. When you're talking about the difficulties in your life, when I'm talking about the things that are hard in my life and ministry, we have to watch out where we put the period. Paul put it in the right place. And that's why he could keep going, because he focused on the right things. He didn't focus on the hard-pressed. He focused on the but not crushed. He didn't focus on perplexed. He focused on but not in despair. He didn't focus on persecuted. He focused on but not abandoned. He didn't focus on struck down. He focused on but not destroyed. Do you see the difference? See the difference in perspective of what we go through? Where you put the period makes a big difference. Then he goes on and talks about death and life. And uh, three times he basically says the same thing. And again, it's about focus. He says in verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. We experience things Jesus experienced. Death is always just right there at the door. We carry it around so that the life of Jesus might be revealed through us. Isn't that interesting? It's like we carry death everywhere we go so that the life of Jesus can be revealed. Verse 11, we're always being given over to death. There's always the threat of death for Jesus' sake so that his life might be revealed through us. And then verse 12, so then death is at work in us but life is at work in you. You see the focus again? Where he puts the period? It's not after death. It's not after facing death and the threat of death. It's the life. We're willing to experience the threat of death at every turn 
in order to bring the message of life to others and to see life come into their experience through Jesus. Um, Way back when the Hoover Dam was constructed on the Colorado River, um, it was a dangerous thing. It was a dangerous work that those people did. And uh, 96 workers were killed during that construction in accidents. And on the wall in one place now on the Hoover Dam, there's an inscription with the name of every one of those 96 workers who died constructing the dam. And then there's this written by their names. It says, These died that the desert might rejoice and bloom. You see, because of the Hoover Dam, what was desert in that region became fertile and watered. Life. But there were 96 workers who experienced death in order that that life would come to that desert. And that's kind of Paul's focus. You know, he says, at every turn, we're carrying death. We're experiencing what Jesus experienced. There's always the threat of death. But we're also revealing life. We're revealing life in Jesus to people. And as we face death, people are experiencing life in Christ. That was his focus. And I think that his focus, where he put the period, kept him going. I think there's an example there for us. The third thing that kept Paul going is faith. Verse 13. He says, it is written, and then he quotes from Psalm 116. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. And then he says, with that same spirit of faith that that writer had, we also believe and therefore speak. We have that same spirit of faith. And we believe, we have conviction, therefore we speak the message with faith. And I think the faith of Paul, the faith he possessed, kept him going, kept him doing his ministry. Next, he talks about hope, verse 14. He says, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. That's hope knowing that there's something beyond this life, knowing there's something good beyond the grave. It's about resurrection. He says, we know that Jesus rose from the dead. And so we know that we will rise from the dead and be with him. But we also know that you who have responded to the gospel will rise and be with us in the presence of Jesus. He had that hope. And I think that hope kept him going, kept him moving forward. And then he talks about love. Ooh, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? This sounds like January. Faith, love, and hope. Have you read it over the door recently? I hope you haven't stopped doing that. But notice, he's talking about both. 
as things that keep him going in life and ministry. Faith, hope, and now he says love, love for others. He says in verse 15, all this, all that we go through, all that we're experiencing is for your benefit. It's for you, Corinthians, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people. You see, Paul's ministry was not about Paul. Paul's ministry was about people, his love for people and wanting them to experience the grace that was found in Christ. It was all for their benefit. His ministry was for the benefit of the people in Ephesus, in Corinth, in Philippi, in Thessalonica, and on and on. That's why he kept going. He loved people, and he wanted them to experience the grace of God in salvation. That kept him going, his love for people. And then finally, the sixth thing that I think kept Paul going is his commitment to the glory of God, that God be glorified. Verse 15 concludes this way. It says, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. That is the ultimate end, that God would receive glory. Paul, after all, is the one who wrote in 1 Corinthians, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. To God be the glory. That was his commitment. And he said, I keep going so that the grace of God would reach more and more people and that that in turn, as they turn to Christ and experience his grace and salvation, there would be thanksgiving and that thanksgiving would bring glory to God. And glory to God was his ultimate purpose. So I kept him going. I want to bring glory to God. I want my ministry, my life to bring glory to God. So there you have it. Six things that I would suggest kept Paul going, even though his life and ministry were very, very difficult. These six things kept him going. Humility, his focus, where he put the period, his faith, his hope, his love for others, and that God would be glorified. So notice my little note to you on the bottom of your sheet. It says, my dear fellow jars of clay. And that's what we are, isn't it? We're just clay pots. We're just humans. We're just weak bodies walking on this earth. Jars of clay. But those of us who are followers of Christ, we carry in these jars of clay, wherever we go, a treasure, don't we? We carry the salvation that Jesus has given us. We carry with us the Spirit of God who's been placed in us to live. We are jars of clay, but we carry a treasure. And so my dear fellow jars of clay are you going and I know the answer for a lot of you 
through a difficult time right now. Do you feel like Paul pressed in from every side? For whatever reason, a lot of pressure on your life right now? Feeling like the walls are just coming in? If you say yes, don't put the period there. Okay? Pressed in, but not crushed. Are you perplexed? Things going on in your life that just perplex you? Uh, You don't know what to do? You're confused? You've tried everything. Nothing has worked yet. Can't figure out the next step. Don't put the period after perplexed. You may be perplexed. Okay? But you don't have to be in despair. Maybe... uh, Maybe you are persecuted. Maybe you're having a difficulty with other people because of your faith. Things are being said. There's accusations. There are criticisms that aren't true, that aren't accurate. Maybe you're being harassed for your faith. Maybe you're being treated unjustly for your faith. Don't put the period there if you are. You may be persecuted, but not abandoned. Whether you think so or not, there are people who have your back. And there's a God who will never leave you. Maybe you're going through something right now where it feels like you just keep getting knocked down, struck down. If that's you, don't put the period there. Don't focus on those things. Focus on what comes next. Knocked down, but not destroyed. Not knocked out. Here we have from the example of Paul six things that can keep us going. Whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through that's hard, six things. Humility. Remember, you're a jar of clay, but there's a treasure living in you. And that's where the power comes from. It doesn't come from you. So just humble yourself and acknowledge it's not your power that's going to help you walk through whatever's going on and get to the other side. It's the treasure that's in you. So humility will keep you going. Focus. Keep the period in the right place. I know it's easy to focus all your attention on the problem. Don't put the period after the problem. Remember the but that comes after, but not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, not destroyed. Focus on that. Faith. Let your faith keep you going. Your faith in the Lord. I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I keep going. 
Let hope keep you going. There's something good. There's something better beyond this waiting for you. Keep your hope. Let it keep you going. Love. Don't stop thinking about other people. That's a common thing, right? We go through these difficult things and we stop thinking about others. Somebody, I was with somebody this week and they said again, one of the best things they ever did when they were going through this certain situation was to start serving others and helping them. Get their mind off themselves and their problem. Because they had put the period after their problem. But they said, I found out that if I start loving other people and serving them and helping them, it changes my whole perspective on what I'm going through. So let love keep you going. Love for others. And then, of course, God's glory. No matter what it is, no matter how hard it is, our ultimate purpose as the people of God is still His glory. And whatever I'm going through, whatever you're going through, He needs to get the glory. And that'll keep you going. If that's your commitment. That whatever this is, Lord, I want you to get the glory. And I'm going to do whatever I need to do to give you glory. Six things that kept Paul going. Six things that can keep us going. He invited us to follow his example, right? He took the risk. He said, follow my example. And here's a great example to follow, to keep going. So the last part of what I wrote at the bottom, dear fellow jars of clay, what would happen in your life and ministry if you followed Paul's example? Can you try and picture it? What would change? I mean, our struggles might not go away, but what would change if we started following Paul's example in these six areas? Should we pray about it? I think we should. I think we should pray about it. Um, if you're going through something really difficult right now, you can identify with Paul. might not be exactly the same, but your life and ministry is really hard. And there are areas of your life that are so difficult right now, and you're experiencing suffering. You're perplexed. You're... You're weary, you're, I mean, you just add the words, pressed in, um, whatever the words are. But you're going through things that are so tough, you've even had thoughts that I'm not sure I can keep going. Um, Try these six things. Try the example of Paul. See what happens. See what God will do. So I'd like to pray about that. If you're a person who would like to follow Paul's example, you would like God to help you incorporate these six things, this package of six things, humility, focus, 
faith, hope, love, God's glory. You'd like to incorporate them into what you're going through and follow Paul's example. I'd actually like you to stand, and I'm going to pray for you. Um, I'd like you to be humble enough to admit I need to follow these examples or I'm not going to make it. I want these things to be a part of my life so I can keep going. So, if that's you, could you just stand and I'm going to pray. And if you happen to be sitting next to someone who's standing as a sign of having their back and supporting and encouraging, would you go stand with them as we pray for them? So I'll just give you a moment to do that. If you see somebody uh, standing near you, just come alongside them. Father, we come before you as our God, our only God, the only answer to all our perplexing questions, to our struggle, through how we could even keep going. You are the answer. Father, I pray for these who are struggling, whatever that struggle is. It's obviously hard. It's obviously difficult. It's obviously wearing them down. It's obviously a great pressure. It's obviously even led them to entertain thoughts of just throwing in the towel. But, Father, that will not bring you glory. And we want you to be glorified in all things. So, Father, I pray on behalf of these people who have acknowledged their struggle, give them humility. Help them to realize that they are just a jar of clay, but in them is this treasure your salvation, Jesus by His Holy Spirit. And that's where the power comes from. Humble them to acknowledge that. Help them to focus not on the struggle. Help them to put the period in the right place. Keep their focus. Father, I pray that You strengthen their faith, their conviction, their belief in you, and let that faith keep them going. I pray that you would remind them daily of their hope, that confident expectation of a future good that you have waiting for them. There is something good ahead. Give them hope. Father, help them to figure out how to get their eyes off themselves and onto others and to keep loving other people. And may this glorify you. May somehow you be glorified. May this be their aim and their ultimate purpose that somehow, in some way, you would get the glory through what's going on in their life. And Father, I pray that you would do this amazing work even today yet, even tomorrow, but this week, Lord, I pray that these dear friends would see these things becoming more real in their life as they follow 
the example of your servant Paul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.